Darren here from Tea and Medals. As you probably know by now, in these short episodes, we hear from medal expert Mark Smith about the history of British military awards. Last time, Mark explained how Queen Victoria introduced two new medals, the Naval General Service Medal and the Military General Service Medal. But I wanted to know about the ultimate medal, the one that to this day is the highest award for gallantry in the face of the enemy. So rarely awarded, you can count on one hand the number of living recipients in the UK. The Victoria Cross. In 1854, the Crimean War started and we sent an expeditionary force out to the Crimea. Now, if you were the general populace, you were fairly conscious of the fact that the British soldiers, sailors, were considered the scum of the earth. Lord Wellington had said, in 1820, the British soldier is the scum of the earth. He fights like a lion, but he is the scum of the earth. And that's how you perceive the British soldier. You joined the British army because you were given an option by a magistrate, prison army. You joined because you went out to a pub one night and there was a recruiting sergeant there and they got you drunk and they gave you a king shilling and you were in. Or you went and you joined because the life that you led in the fields as an agricultural labourer or in the new factories was so horrible that a life in the British Army was a better option. So it really was, in some cases, very much the last resort of what you would want to do. The Crimean War is slightly different because it's really our sort of technologically advanced war, the first one that we ever fight. There was an electric telegraph from London to the Crimea using Morse code relay stations. So they could talk to each other from the Crimea to London. Lord Ragland, the force commander, could send messages to the war office and have a message sent back. They sent with the expeditionary force two men. One was a man called Mr. Russell, who was a reporter for the Times newspaper. And the other man was a chap called Roger Fenton, who was a photographer, which is a very newfangled idea. Mr. Russell was allowed to send back dispatches using the electric telegraph to the Times and Roger Fenton was allowed to use the returning transport ships for his glass plate negatives. So in the Victorian period war reporting was something that took a very long time to happen. So from a story in the newspaper to the action was probably something in the region of three months and again they're in such far-flung parts of the world you would probably need an atlas to find out where the battle had actually taken place. But suddenly the Crimea, the stories from that, are coming back almost weekly and they're being printed in the newspaper. So on the 25th of October 1854, the Light Brigade charged at Balaclava. Around about the 8th of November 1854, that story was in the Times newspaper. And in that week's edition of the Illustrated London News, there was one of Roger Fenton's photographs turned into an etching to show you the valley. So suddenly you're there, you're on the spot. It's a bit like television today, where you know wherever it happens in the world, you can turn the television on and watch it. And suddenly, this is now becoming almost instant type reporting. And Mr. Russell was a very, very good reporter. If you read the story of that charge, and you sit in a leather armchair like this back in the Victorian age, you edge forward in the chair as you begin to go, and the seven minutes of the charge, you go with them. I mean, it's an incredibly good story. And all of his stories were like that. And the British public started to say, these aren't the scum of the earth. These are 
Her Majesty's soldiers. Therefore, they must be the best in the world. Look what they're doing. Wow, look how brave they are. Now, some of them are dying here on these stories, but, but look how brave they are in a story that we've been told only happened last week. This is incredible. What, what reward do these soldiers and sailors get? And this went as a, a question to the House of Commons. And they actually answered it by saying, well, in 1854, the army instituted a medal called the Distinguished Conduct Medal. And that was the highest award for bravery that could be given to other ranks in the British Army. And not to be outdone, in January 1855, the Royal Navy instituted the Conspicuous Gallantry Medal. Again, the highest award for bravery for the Royal Navy, but only for other ranks. And the public said, that's fantastic. What about officers? And they said, well, officers, that's a bit more tricky, really, because first of all, they're supposed to be brave. So that's what they're supposed to be there for. The bigger problem is, is that we actually really don't have anything to give them. There is the companion of the bath, the CB, but it's not for gallantry. It's an award of chivalry. So we, we have to sort of fiddle with the statute to make that work. The public said, well, what we believe is that there should just be one award, the ultimate award for bravery. Both services, all ranks. And this went from the House of Commons as a petition to the House of Lords. And eventually it ends up with a man called Lord Panmure, who was the Secretary of State for War. And it was he who took the idea of the ultimate award for bravery to Queen Victoria. He actually met with Prince Albert. He showed the Prince paperwork to explain what people wanted. Prince Albert said, Her Majesty will be very excited. She will like this idea. I will show her your paperwork and then I will call you back to the palace. So a month later, Lord Pamir was asked to go back. And at that moment, he saw now in front of Prince Albert his paperwork that he'd bought the month before, now annotated in green ink handwriting on every page, Queen Victoria's own hand. And on the very first page at the top, she had written the Victoria Cross. So she named it and she told us it would look like a cross. One of the more telling things she'd written is that in one of the margins she'd put I do not want this medal to be made of something precious. I do not want this medal to be worth money because it's not about the medal. It's about the deed behind the medal. That's the important thing. They then go through a process of trying to find what this thing will look like. Now, there was a medal from the Peninsula War, 1808 to 1814, called the Army Gold Cross. And it's what's called a, a cross pate. So the, the arms of the cross are wider at the top than at the base, so it comes down to a middle. And on the Army Gold Cross, there is a, a lion, a separate piece brazed onto the front and another little lion brazed onto the back. But the thing about it is, is A, it was only given to officers and B, it is made of solid gold. And they're quite big and they're quite chunky. And just the gold alone is thousands and thousands of pounds. But the concept of the cross pate and the lion was something that Queen Victoria liked. So one of the designs that she was shown was a cross pate, now with the lion part of the medal, not separate, standing on a crown, and underneath it was a banner. And on that banner, the model maker had put the words, for bravery. And again, showing how interested Her Majesty was, she said, for bravery, that will not do. All of my soldiers and sailors are brave. I want it to say, for valour. And they are the only two words on the front of the cross. She then said, how will you join the cross to the ribbon? 
And they said, well, your majesty, there will be a ring and a bar with a ribbon on. And she said, I want to incorporate the letter V for Victoria into the suspension. It's her medal. And when you do look at a cross and you know that, there is the V that joins the bottom of the bar with the ribbon on it to the actual cross itself. So this really was her medal. The problem now came in what they were going to make it of, because Her Majesty didn't want it made of something like gold or anything like that, no diamonds. They tried copper, first of all, but Her Majesty said, no, that will not do. My soldiers and sailors will be very proud of this medal and they will polish it and the copper will make it look like a new penny. No good. So eventually someone came up with the concept of maybe bronze. And a bronze medal was struck. Her Majesty said yes, and on the 29th of January 1856, she signed the statute that created the Victoria Cross. How many Victoria Crosses have been awarded? So to date, the Victoria Cross has been awarded 1,368 times. The last time was in 2015. The first one was awarded for an action that actually took place in 1854. That was a backdated award from 1856, and that was to a man called Midshipman Lucas, who was in the Crimea, and who a cannonball landed on his deck with a burning fuse, and it rolled into their ammunition pile, and bless him, he picked it up and threw it overboard where it exploded. There is one Victoria Cross which was issued which isn't named, and that was given to the American unknown soldier from the First World War. If you're awarded a gallantry award and you are awarded a second one, you don't get two medals. They give you a strip of metal which you sew on the ribbon of the first and that is called a bar. And that represents the second award. And out of all of the men who have won the Victoria Cross, there are three men who have won the Victoria Cross twice. Mark could talk all day about medals, but this is one of his favorite stories about the Victoria Cross. So a jeweller's was found to make the Victoria Cross, and that's a jeweller's called Hancock's. They still make them today. Back in the day, they were on the corner of New Bond Street and Bruton Street. They were fairly new jewellers, but they got the contract, as it were, to make the Victoria Cross. They're made of bronze. Now, unfortunately, I am going to dispel a myth here. They are not made of bronze taken from cannons captured from the Russians at Sevastopol. They aren't. They never were. If you go to Hancock's and ask them, as I did, they say, no, it was just a stock piece of bronze, the first one. The first parade for awarding the Victoria Cross was on the 26th of June, 1857. It took place in Hyde Park. And there were 62 men lined up who had been awarded the Victoria Cross. Now, they were genuinely the first 62 men because when Her Majesty signed the statute that created the Victoria Cross, there is a line or a paragraph in there that says you still have to be alive at the end of the action to claim your medal. So there are no posthumous Victoria Crosses in the first batches. If you were recommended for a Victoria Cross in an action and you were wounded, that recommendation came back to London and you died before they signed it off, you don't get the Victoria Cross. What you got was a line in the London Gazette that said would have been awarded the Victoria Cross had he lived. So there are no posthumous VCs. The first man in the queue that morning was a man called Commander Raby, Royal Navy. Now, the other thing you have to know is that when the Victoria Cross was first made, the army had a red crimson ribbon and the Royal Navy had a blue ribbon. So there was a distinction between the two services. And this lasted until the 1st of April 1918, really, when the Royal Air Force was formed. 
and they asked King George V what colour ribbon he would like for the Royal Air Force VC. And at that moment, he said, I want them all to be red. And he really upset the Royal Navy that day because they were very proud of their blue ribbons. They had practiced all week, as you always do for a parade, obviously, and Her Majesty was you know, represented by someone who came and stood on a dais. Her Majesty was told that a cushion would appear beside her and on the cushion would be the Victoria Cross. And at the top of the ribbon at the back would be a metal bar. And from that metal bar would be two one and a half inch long steel spikes. Her Majesty had been told, take the cross from the cushion, place your thumb at the top of the ribbon on the metal bar, place the two pins on the gentleman's coat and press and you will award him his VC. On the big day, she arrived riding a horse side saddle. She didn't dismount, she stayed mounted. The first cushion arrived with the blue ribbon Victoria Cross for Commander Raby, he marched up. She took the cross from the cushion, she placed the two pins on his coat, pressed just as the horse moved, and she speared him with the two pins, straight through, into his chest. I mean, there's the great story that they carried him from parade, laid him on the floor and opened his jacket and watched the blood spread. And he is given the, the quote that he said, I was more badly injured receiving it than I was winning it, which is a great, great thing to say when you're, you're lying on the floor as Her Majesty has just pinned a VC on you. But it's a great story. The Victoria Crosses are very, very humble. This is a, a real Victoria Cross with a blue ribbon. This one was given to a man who was a sailor in 1862. He was in China and he formed part of a naval landing party against an attack on a walled city called Feng Hua. They were, they were murdered in the first frontal attack. And when the gun smoke cleared, there was a wounded sailor about 100 yards out from the ditch that they were all giving themselves cover in. And this guy, his name is George Hinckley, able seaman from HMS Sphinx. He crossed the 100 yards under fire and rescued the man and brought him back to the ditch. He then wasn't satisfied with that and we are told he pushed his way along the ditch until he found the doctor and laid the wounded man at the feet of the doctor. He turned round and then saw 200 yards away at the gate of the city that they just attacked, another wounded man waving for help. And this time George ran the whole 200 yards under fire picked up his wounded man and got him off to a building on the side of the, the battlefield, as it were, and to a place of safety. And this was presented to him in January 1863 by Queen Victoria. And on it, you can see the V for Victoria up here, the words for valour. And on the back, George's name and the date that he won it, the 9th of October 1862. Next time, former commando Keith Mills tells the extraordinary tale of how a small group of Royal Marines defended the tiny South Atlantic island of South Georgia at the outbreak of the Falklands War. He said, right, whoever's drunk, you better sober up real quick. He said, we've got a situation down on South Georgia. And then he walked out. It's quite easy to go out fighting, but as a young lieutenant, his job was not to let 21 other men die for absolutely no purpose. I said to him, I said, look, um, my guys are so determined to see this out. I guarantee you that if this battle continues, not only will we die, but you guys are going to be coming with us. Keith 
was awarded the Distinguished Service Cross for his actions. And if they don't make a Hollywood film out of this one, I'll eat my berry. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this series, do us a favour and share it with your mates. <laughs>